0: I'm not going to be on it today because I'm so tired, but let's, let's give it a go. <laughs> so
1: yeah, we'll, get, we'll roll through and see how we get on. That's it, we're starting late today anyway, but it doesn't matter. Sun's yeah. shining and we're good. Exactly,
0: no meal deal down our system
1: yet. <laughs> so yeah, that's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, the meal The meal deal. That's what's going to get me through the episode. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so yeah, welcome back to Wedding Capture Co. Um, I'm Tom. And I'm Chris. Oh, look at that, we're so in sync. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm a wedding photographer, Chris is a wedding biographer, and we are here to have some conversations about what we do in our jobs
0: yeah exactly and i can't believe this has rolled around we do like one of these recording sessions a month yeah and they're just getting quicker and quicker as the wedding season
1: they are you know, yeah. it comes
0: in like it, the time is just going so quick sort of thing so i can't believe we're back here already
1: and also more is more is happening in those gaps like we're both you know you've had an epic weekend of shooting weddings uh, and yeah. we've both been busier but yeah the recording seem to get here quicker and quicker and it yeah. seems mad that the next time that we record we'll record our 10th episode
0: True. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so to yeah. Today we're going to do seven and eight and the next will be nine and ten, which is bonkers. I know. I remember last time when we spoke, you, you were just like, oh, how, what are you up to? And it's like, yeah, I feel like it's just, you know, just going, getting into wedding season. but It feels quite chill. And this time's like completely the opposite. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I walked in and I was like, I am dead. Last week was crazy. <laughs> what is going on? Um, and I think it was the same for a lot of people last week because I think because it was, uh, you know, we bank holidays, I think. And it was yeah. half term as well. Um, I had four weddings and a family wedding there was like a last minute thing in brighton um and i had a wedding in oxford on the friday um and didn't get to brighton until 1am on the saturday morning and the wedding was 11am that's rough so for a start who has a wedding at 11am yeah (laughs) sorry dad but (laughs) Um, i guess it was last minute like that maybe but i mean the the town hall slot that he was given i think yeah it's pretty much like that was a slot let's just get it booked in for then sort of thing um, but yeah, so yeah, that was a pretty mental week and you had a pretty crazy week then as well, right?
1: Yeah, I did. What did I do? Yeah, I had the bank holiday weekend I did a double and then I had a really, really great wedding last Friday. Yeah, it was like one, you know, you get those weddings where you're kind of like, these are the days that if I could shoot like weddings like this every single weekend of the year. Yes. Like I'd have no energy left, but I would be the fullest. <laughs> ever. Like yeah, Katie and Ashley's wedding at Wickham was, it was, yeah, it ticked yeah. every box. It was I it was, do was, love was, that feeling. I love
0: that feeling. And we'll get on to, we're actually going to talk about unicorn weddings today and if, if they actually exist. I don't know where I got this phrase from, um, but we'll get into that in a second. I just wanted to like tell a bit of a story from Friday, which... Is so embarrassing, but I had to- I feel like we need like a battle story. Um, So essentially, so Friday was the last one of the the four. Um, And we were doing evening couple shoots. So we went out, um, we're sort of walking down this driveway out. It was at Notley Abbey. And um, I was walking backwards with a gimbal and filming the couple amazing shots. So cool with the sun setting behind them. It was really cool. Um, And then I just bump into something and I hear like a massive crash. (laughs) and i turned around and what had happened is the venue had put out all of the um prosecco for the evening guests that were coming i'd walked into the table and knocked it all over (laughs) so so there was 20 20 odd glasses of prosecco just on the floor just smashed (laughs) (laughs) and obviously i've got the bride's reaction to it which was initially just like Mm. oh my god (laughs) the groom's like trying to smile through the pain um and then, thankfully, and honestly, like this makes me so grateful is that afterwards the couple just like ripped the out of me basically for yeah. it, which is good yeah, because that was the yeah. best reaction they could have had. Like they could have got really angry, but instead they found it hilarious basically that I'd done it. Um, and yeah, so the rest of the couple shoot, they basically like they were laughing and chatting about
1: me doing that, but they made them, it gives them something to talk about. And is it uh, anything, whether like, I'm fully aware sometimes that to, to make I'm like fully prepared to make a fool of myself if that's what's needed sometimes in order to, to give you that kind of rapport not that I'm saying this just, intentionally yeah, maybe you sometimes don't. you need that just to yeah, like, yeah. like I've, I've had a story before and I can't remember who it was that told me so if you're, they're listening to this they can message and own up but I remember um, talking to a photographer who went and stood up you know you stand up on like a chair or a picnic bench to do an everybody shot back yeah. in the days before you had drones to do this stuff for you and stood up there you know trying to get everybody to like wave at the camera and everyone's laughing it turns out that he'd just been to the bathroom before and stood up in front of everybody with his flies undone. Oh. So you have got like you know, 80 guests in front of you, like, and, then you're, and you're probably eye level to them as well because you're up on the up on the bench. That sounds about right. The flies undone, but he said it's easily the best everybody photos ever taken. Like, yeah. to try and get 90 people to laugh at you. That was very. That's the way to do it. So, yeah.
0: I imagine. Yeah, you have to be willing because you're going to be sort of centre of attention for a bit on you, especially as a photographer. Um, but yeah, so how how are you feeling about like the wedding season at the moment? Are you, are you feeling like?
1: I feel like it's been busy, so. which has been good. But I, yeah. I really feel like, and I don't I don't often feel like this, so I'm gonna try and ride it while it while it's still there. Is at the moment I feel like I'm I'm doing a good job, which I think yeah. I normally get to this time of year and I'm not. Like okay. I get to that point where I feel like everybody else is shooting better weddings than me. Yeah. Or I come home and look if I have a day that maybe didn't go quite the way that I hoped, and you think, oh everyone else has slayed it and I haven't, and then you start to feel that pressure some more. But I feel that at the moment I feel for the most part that I'm doing a good job. I feel like I've, the weddings that I've gone to have been enjoyable and even if maybe the weather hasn't lined up or there's been a timing issue, it still hasn't resulted in the gallery not going the way I want it to. Like, I've had my doubts, but on the whole, I kind of feel like more confident than I, I normally do at this time of year. So yeah. there's still time for it all to go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no doubt it will. Um But at the moment, I kind of feel like I'm holding my own and I'm in a fairly good headspace compared to where I have been at this time other years. So Yeah, I think... I, I can
0: definitely relate to that. Like other times, I think by June, you're sort of like, oh, I, I haven't done the weddings that I thought I was gonna be doing this year. Yeah. In the sense of, oh, maybe that's not a portfolio, that's not a portfolio, that's not a por-. And then you kind of like, oh, okay, what well, am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm getting yeah. these weddings that maybe, you know, they, they might go absolutely fine. You might deliver them perfectly, but they're not the ones you wanna show. And you sometimes you, you you go into the season with this sort of optimism and then sort of halfway through, like, oh, if you haven't got as much as you thought you would in terms of like, the things that you really want to shoot, you can start to doubt, you know, I don't know, your marketing techniques or yeah. maybe not getting your ideal couple or things like that. But for us, like we we touch wood have had just like an amazing start to the year in terms of like, you know, how lovely the couples have been to us, how well we get on with them and things like that. And it doesn't always work out that way. And so far it's it's been it's been really good. So
1: I think as well, even the last two years have been intense. I was just kinda look at how many weddings I'd have shot by June <laughs> last year because your know, you know, memories yeah. kind of come up and I did over so this weekend just passed would have been the Jubilee weekend um last year um when we had the long bank holiday and I shot a triple that weekend yeah last year and so and then two of those wins were really really great the other one was lovely but maybe wasn't as when I had like the first and the last one were like really wow well weddings great venues great couples did really cool things the one in the middle was always going to be a more lovely wedding that's like and it sounds really horrible and right? all of the couples i got on equally with all of them but maybe the middle couple didn't had quite have that quite kind of extra kind of flair or something that the the other yeah. two couples had chucked in and i remember finishing that that triple kind of in a real high that i would actually made it through three summer weddings as well but you kind of stay longer um managed to a lot of them were a drive away as well like i think the first one the last one were much further away than the middle one okay yeah um i'm kind of thinking. You know, I've shot three in a row, like I've shot a bunch the other weekend and I think I'd shot probably well into double figures by this time last year, where now I think I've, I'm sat here only having shot, I think about nine weddings. Yeah. So just less than a third of what I've got for the year.
0: That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that it's nice to have them all spread out a bit, but I think you've said something to me in maybe a previous podcast, which um, you said, something about like doubles and triples because i we we sort of tried to avoid them a little bit but this year it has been absolutely impossible but the fact that once you do you know those busy weeks you can't get to the end of that week and you're like that's a that's a big chunk of my year's weddings all done now so that's a good thing, and July July is going to be crazy. I've got like a double, a double, a triple, and a double. And it, it's that just was my July last out. year. But, but
1: why? Like, why, why is it spread out more? Do like, you know what? though? I think we're, we're, you know this. This, this episode does me more loose. We can we can elaborate on these points, and yeah. not kind of go off topic. Is that what you said is true. I think to feel, oh, I've hit a milestone, I'll, you know, I'm halfway through. And it's not that you want to wish them away. Yeah. It's just kind of having an evaluation of, okay, where am I at? What's my editing part? Like, how yeah. am I feeling? To kind of know how much you've got to come or how much you've got to prepare or and, and stuff for going yeah. forward. But I've always, you know, as I've kind of gone along this, this journey as a photographer, of maybe starting to look at shooting less. Over, You know, my prices have gone up. I don't need to shoot, mm-hmm. you know, the 45, 50 weddings that I was shooting before. So in some ways, the necessity to do doubles and triples should be less. Yeah. But I actually, a triple maybe not as so much, but a double I love. As long as they're geographically well-placed, yeah. I love a double. And I think sometimes the couple on the second day, depending on how long the gap has been going into the first wedding, get the better of you. Like, you know, you kind of need to focus on a task in hand. Yeah. I kind of feel like I get home from the first wedding, high from, oh, it's been a really good day. But I know that I kind of... I don't need to kind of come down or rest or think about other things, because I'm still on the wedding train. Do you know what I mean? I literally get home, chuck everything on charge, back up the files, do my previews and go, right, awesome, get job sheet out, you know, read through, you know, the plan's done, where am I going, what am I doing? Get into bed and I still wake up in wedding mode. So by the time I get to prep for the second wedding, I'm kind of I'm in it. Do you know what I mean where you're not kind of getting that like momentum going that you that's are at exactly, the start I of the wedding? What you
0: said as well, and that's what resonated yeah. with me. And I think that has kind of it's almost worse when you have like one day in between. You know, when you have like yes, a Thursday, that's the and a worst, Saturday, yeah, and on Friday you're there like, well,
1: I can't really get started on anything. I've got to like transfer stuff and do yeah. But also I feel that that should be a rest day. If you're doing four weddings in a row, if you have a gap in the middle, that day should be nothing but laying in a dark room or (laughs) kind of just resting your body and mentally preparing yourself for the the weddings to come. But I almost feel that I can't rest. Yeah. It's almost like waiting to get on a plane when you got on holiday. Do you know what I mean? You've got the excitement of getting ready in holiday mode. Yeah. And then you've go, got to sit at the airport for three hours. Like it's kind of, you're waiting for something to happen. So you can't do anything in that in that bit. It's kind of a void. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then, but then the prospect of going on, do you know what? I only want to shoot, say, maybe 30, 35 weddings a year. If I could have half of those as doubles. Yeah. Yeah. That leaves whole weekends free. But like to shoot on a Friday and have the weekend off, you still shoot on the Friday, so you still have that going in. Or if you shoot on a Saturday... The weekend as a whole, you can't go away or do whatever. You get a day off. But to shoot, like, Saturday, Sunday or Friday, Saturday for, like, 15 weekends of the year... Yeah.
0: And then you've got the other it's 35, what, 37 Fridays. free... And I don't, I don't think no matter how much you charge, I think it's always going to end up that it's a typical yeah. way that you will just get a really good inquiry like the day after another wedding, Definitely. you'd be like, well, yeah. I didn't want to do a double,
1: but this one is too good to miss. So I've got yeah. To and provided one. they're not in different countries or opposite ends of the country or something, yeah. and you think that travel is sensible again, you know, ne- next episode that we're talking about is we're specifically honing on summer weddings and how yeah. to survive those and how to manage um, your, your way through those. And you've got to remember that if, you know, if that wedding is over the, the, the May bank holiday at the end of, yeah, at the very end of May, you're looking at later finish time, later sunset. So, you know, if you're in Yorkshire and you know you're not going to finish till 10am or 10pm to yeah. then drive back and go and shoot in Cornwall on the next day, like you know, might not be the smartest <laughs> idea. Um,
0: no, exactly. I think, which,
1: what's the furthest you've done in two days?
0: The furthest I've so done in two What's days? the longest travel
1: you've done between two weddings?
0: Um, it was New Forest to Devon. Oh, wow, that's so quite So yeah. it was Ryan House in the New Forest to Tunnels Beaches Oh, wow. And the tunnels beat. Do you know why it was? <laughs> because it was an accident. Um, so essentially, we, in, in one year, we had three people called Robin who booked us, <laughs> and I got two venues mixed up. And so when it came to like a couple of weeks before, I was looking at, I was like, oh, yeah, this one's here, and this one's here. And I was like, oh, no, I've got one that are three hours away from the one the day before, like three and a half, four hours. So I ended up driving uh that night like pretty much halfway on most of the way to tunnels beaches um and that was like four days before my wedding as well so i was already as stressed <laughs> enough as it was um but it was well worth it because i love tunnels i always take them i just oh, like
1: yes. like don't on which one book first you don't turn down a tunnel's wedding anyway no exactly so like you, you, yeah you really don't forget like... inquiry
0: for that i just take it that's exactly yeah. what it is um but the, the thing i struggle with if you have um a certain amount within a small space of time i, like, I do like the having the momentum and and that um, is the inspiration and the motivation because um, I found that for the first, you know, the first one was obviously you get there, so it, you know, you're you're full of life, it's it's good to go, and then by maybe the third or fourth, it's not that like the the motivation goes down. I'm not, I'm never going to a wedding yeah. like like oh, I just don't want to do this. It's more of a oh I've I've done like. Three couple shoots in the last week and i've done th- yeah. all of the creative bits that you have to actually think about you're you're thinking i think too much into it i'm like because i've yeah. done this when it comes around to doing a couple shoots there i'm going to be so creatively drained that i'm not going to be thinking of like really cool ideas instead i'm just going to be like power like, trying to power through i
1: know what you mean but sometimes i think i've had some of my favorite shoots in that way because sometimes you go to a wedding and particularly if you've kind of you've not been to the venue before or you know you've got an inkling this couple like that they you got you my second guess. Oh, I think they're going to be really good or they're going to really be like this. And if they're not, it can throw you on a couple shoot and then you go, oh, I'm out of ideas. Hmm. Where I think when you time, you get to wedding number three, you're like an autopilot. You're like, just go out yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. And And you react, I think, to much more what happens in the moment yeah. because you haven't had that kind of lead timing going, Oh, maybe like this show. this oh, shot. If yeah. that venue, if we can get the right light in that bit, that would be yeah. cool. We're on the day. You're like, just, just get out, yeah. see what they do, see how they are, see where the light falls and we'll make something and they'll love it. Yeah. And I think sometimes you almost need that. Like the busyness of the other weddings takes away. It gives you that chance to not worry about it. Do you know what I mean? So you get out there and you know, if you've been doing this for a, for a degree of time that you know you've you've got an eye as a creative you can see things in the moment anyway yeah. and sometimes you rely you don't rely on that enough if you've had too much kind of like chance to kind of get yourself a game plan together if that makes sense where I think sometimes we should as photographers or videographers we if we rely on our instincts more often yeah we might actually we know more than we think we do or we might see something in the moment that we'd missed because we'd plan to go and do that shot and that's a very good point because i think you
0: can approach a wedding with a like a preconceived idea of what it's going to be yeah. like i know if someone if we speak to a couple and they're like oh we've got all of this entertainment singing waiters we've smoke grenades and champagne to- oh, i would be absolutely buzzing yeah. but you never know how that day is actually going to turn out it's just because on paper it looks good um you don't actually know whether it's going to You know, live up to that expectation. So, like you say, if you if we could approach weddings in more of a we'll turn up and see what happens kind of way, I feel like maybe you would get the best stuff.
1: And I think the longer that I've done this as well is. You can never judge a wedding by its cover.
0: Yeah.
1: Is, and funny enough, I actually said this to my couple when I went out with them on Friday. So they were a really great couple. I'd known them, they'd, they'd been a bridesmaid and a, and a guest at a wedding I shot last year. I did a really cool engagement shoot with them. It's been a long journey. Um, so I kind of I felt that like they were kind of, I was in good company, with almost friends by the time we got to the day. Yeah. So I had really high hopes for their wedding. I knew they were great. There was a couple of other couples i photographed in their bridal party. So kind of I was well suited. They had lots of things lined up. And I said to them, we went out to sunset in the evening and we got a pretty, pretty like perfect sunset. And I said to them that normally if I go into a wedding with really, really high hopes, it never lives up. Yeah. You almost go in and whatever you think this wedding's going to be or whatever you think's to get out of it, you almost hold it to too high a standard in your mind Yeah, you do. that yeah. you don't get there. And even though sometimes I've made some of my favorite photos, I still come away with that little sense of deflation of like, oh, but it could have been, it should have been this.
0: Me and you have definitely turned up to a wedding before and gone, this has
1: all yeah. of the things to be a good wedding. It, like, <laughs> it's like making a cake, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I've got all the best ingredients, the yeah. recipe's there, but for some reason, you absolutely like throw it in the oven and it's and it's done and it, and yeah. it comes out flat, inedible. <laughs> and, you know, or maybe maybe edibles, maybe, it, maybe a, 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 bit harsh, a, a, a bit harsher <laughs> word, but it doesn't come out of this big fluffy like thing mm. that, you, that you think it should be. Yeah. But then somewhere did you go in and came. you think, so. Do you know what, this couple are lovely. They're at like a nice venue. Yeah. They've got, maybe they've done a few more bits themselves. Maybe like there's, there's yeah you know, that you're not looking at the suppliers going, wow, this is going to be yeah. insane. But then something, there's just a certain spark on the day or a certain magic, or the guests are far more including or welcoming for you or giving in kind of energy than you think they're gonna be.
0: Yeah.
1: And you get a wedding that catches you out and go, Well, do you know what? That one was actually a lot more incredible than the one that you think's got the smoke bombs and the and the best venue. And so I've learned as the as more as I've gone on is I try not to kind of look at this wedding and go, oh, that one's gonna be like the portfolio showcase and this yeah. one's gonna be a nice day. That's the trap. Sure like, and now yeah. it's like, no, nope, just turn up just read the room, judge it by its cover still yeah. and the day will be what it will be. And I, I would never ever write a wedding off no. before I'd got there. But I think there's certain things that I'm more of, especially if, you, if you've if you got, maybe let's say they're doing something for the first time. If they go, oh, we're going to do like, I don't know, like we're going to have like a champagne spray and you haven't done one. Or oh, we've yeah. got like, you know, enough, enough smoke bombs for the entire bridal party. Or, yeah. you know, I'm an acrobat and I'm going to do a backflip <laughs> off the wedding table or something like yeah. things like that that kind of would, would, you know, would get your excitement levels up.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's a trap I fall into of going into a day like this on paper, this is a portfolio one, like we've got to do this, this and, and it like you can often leave those ones feeling like, oh, maybe it wasn't such a and like it puts you down a little bit because yeah, I think the confidence in yourself. Yeah. But one of the things and uh, by the way, this is a this is a really like rambly episode basically. We've called it we've 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 called it ramblings internally because it's yeah. just like I just wanted to talk about the stuff that me and you talk about without. I feel like we're at a point in paper, the season
1: as well where it's, it's nice kind of where at episode wise to just kind of have a more looser episode rather than being a very refined topic Yeah, and for, and for kind of where we are in the season as well just to kind of yeah swap those stories and catch up with
0: yeah I feel like we have topics to talk about and then when we stop the, stop the recording and me and you just go off on one and this is basically yeah. that um, but yeah talking about um, approaching a wedding and thinking that it's going to be the one I wanted to talk to you about uh, unicorn weddings I'm not okay. sure where I got this phrase from, from oh, yeah, I know exactly what but you mean when you talk um, about it Yeah, the wedding it's going to be different for everybody but the wedding that you could film every single day of the year and
1: Okay, so so it's not what I thought you would. It was the,
0: it, what do you mean? So like, it, it's like your best. What would what would your ideal wedding to photograph be? Like essentially, I see my
1: ideal wedding and my absolute what I would call a unicorn wedding. Yeah, is yeah, two different things. Right. Okay. So, shout out to Kate and Ash. My wedding on Friday was pretty much my. Musical yeah. Wedding. We, we, I feel that I resonated with them very, very well. She was a country musician. He drove. He drives a Harley. Um, we bonded over um a love of mutual music. Yeah. Um, very kind of very welcoming people. Very friendly. Wanted very natural photographs, but at the same time had an eye for the aesthetic that they definitely wanted to reflect in their couple moments and kind yeah. of have those moments to do them. Um, there was yeah, you know, there was live music on the day. Um. And yes, guess a really, a really small bunch of people as well. I think there was just less than 50 guests in the day and they gained a lot more in the evening. And I really like working with a small amount, of number of day guests because yeah. it means that groups are easier. You bond with the group easier yeah. because there's less people to get around. And then by the time the party comes in the evening, it, all the people that turned up really bought the energy. And so you kind of got that shift from being like a lovely kind of day into sort of a really day. kind of party evening. The weather was warm but with a breeze so that the weather lined up everything kind of came together and it didn't disappoint I think if I could have a wedding like that where people are and also I think that the biggest thing as well is that not only are the couple on board for the natural documentary style that I do but the guests are yeah. The fact that you can wander around, you can do your job, and people don't look at you and go, oh, camera, and pose, or whatever, yeah. they're quite happy to know. They've, almost, they've been briefed that he's doing the natural style, just you leave. have your day, yeah. and I can wander around and haven't got to hide too much. I can literally just be me, and they're not looking up at the camera. Or they're not looking for that reaction. They can just carry on with their day. I think that, for me, is to just turn up and do my job and capture people, because, you know, you see people talking, and they wander your gaze, and then start to almost are aware of the camera. Yeah. That sometimes can ruin a perfect candid for me. And you think, oh, they just—they just, it does. They just yeah. kept the gaze of who they were talking to and had that smile, that laugh, or that cheers. I'd have got that moment, and it would have been—and it's not what it is as soon as they've broken that broken that seal of contact. You know, you get people just
0: like you're filming them from like across the room, trying to get a nice candid of them talking, and they'll turn around, they'll see the camera, and they'll just go. Yeah, just stare. or the other way, or
1: they will like doing like a little pose, or or they laugh it yeah, off, and then go, yeah. oh, I can't be serious now that I know I can't carry on that conversation. Cause now don't I know mind that you're the little poses
0: me. too much; they're quite cool to put in the little little like candid bits of the film because you know the Brian and Groom watch it and be like, oh, that's my, that's funny. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like unicorn weddings can be seen in a couple of different ways because it's your experience on the day. Um, I don't know if you're the same, but sometimes you on the day you can be really like. Sometimes I'll get home from a wedding or on the drive home from a wedding, you sort of debrief yourself, don't you? Yeah. And I feel like I can be like, Oh that that, that didn't quite work out as I expected, and then the film will be amazing. Yeah. But then sometimes I'll get I'll leave a day and be like, that was that was a unicorn wedding. That was just the best day. The couple were lovely. They did this. They did that. And a lot of my, the things that I look for in a unicorn wedding are a bit more superficial, maybe than what you look for. Like you're saying that you're talking about interactions. I always approaching the end. couple and stuff. But I I look for like how how much fun are they willing to have? Like, I don't, like if they get on with me, that's obviously a, a big thing, right? But if they if they are, you know, a romantic traditional couple, that's probably not my unicorn wedding. If it's a couple who just like, they're up for anything, that they're, they're good laughs together. On the day, it's a lot of fun. And sometimes I'll, you know, be on the way back from wedding to be like, that was the one, that was so good. Mm-hmm. And I'll put all the footage together and I was like, and I'm like, wait, well, it looks good, but it, I felt better coming out of it because they're treating me well and they've done this, that and the other. So...
1: I just feel like, I think my experience, I've come to realise that my experience of a wedding is so crucial into mm. into the into the, fo- the photos it as well. Yeah. And it's been incredibly hard not to be, but I think because you're so close to the day and so close to the people that you're photographing, if there is a coldness or a disconnect between the guests and you, I'm kind of feel well, like, you know, if you're wandering around a group of candidates and you're getting stared down at every turn, I'm almost like, well... I don't feel like I belong here. Yeah. So you don't want, you know, like you come and say, well, I don't want to, because keep going back for more to get more stared at or, or back turned <laughs> on it. you. Yeah. Wherever you get a couple, of, oh, come in, you know, into that pool of conversation. They're quite yeah. happy for you to be there. Like you're like kind of riffing with that energy and like, yeah, okay, come in. And it pushes you to, like you can only be as, you know, I'm sure we've talked about this in other episodes, and it's kind of a, a well-known factor. Being what we do is where the couple will bring the vibe of their day, right? Yeah. So if they're up for fun, the guests are up for fun. If they're more kind of emotional and calm, that 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 tone is echoed throughout the day. Yeah. But I feel that that the second part of that is with us. Yeah. Is that if you, you know, you get a a group of bridesmaids and you're taking them off for that like shop pre-sunset you shouldn't need to hype them. But if you can be with them, like, yeah, come on, God, and you're in it, and you, they can see that you're excited about going to do that thing, that hypes them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, so I feel that my experience of the day or my kind of, yeah, that, that where I fit into it, how much fun I feel that I can have with that couple. You feed off such, of each other's excitement
0: yeah. as well, don't you? That's the Definitely. thing, like the couple needs to have that vibe for you to, if you rock up and like she's stressed and like it's all just a bit crazy, like bossing people around, you're instantly sort of a little bit on the back foot, like, oh, okay, yeah. How am I going to approach this? Oh, and yeah, that's or what, what you are. And she's like, down in the bottle of prosecco or something, and yeah. it's like eleven in the morning. You're like, this is going to be cracking, like, you know? It's yeah. gonna You know, it's going to be a vibe, and and you sort of reflect that, don't you? Um, but yeah, I think I think it's and it's also how you get treated as well. Yes. I think that can really make a difference. Like, I turned up to a wedding a week or so ago, and they had a whole box full of treats, snacks of sweets and chocolate and crisps and. Jammy Dodgers and drinks and everything, uh, and there's a whole box for just me and me and Joshua filming, and then there's a whole box for um, the photographers. And they were like, this is all yours. And the, the bride and groom had put it together. Instantly, I was like, I want to do a cracking job for these guys yeah. because that's the first
1: time I've ever been given anything like that for the for the day. Well, you know, that the fact that they've bothered to think about you in the lead up, but like they've not been worried about the hospitality of their guests and themselves. But they've gone, do you know what? These guys are going to turn up and put a shift in for us. Yeah. Let's make sure that they're well fed. That's, yeah.
0: And that's that almost just like spurred me on. That gave me an extra like, if I turned up 100% energy, once I got that 150%, you know, it was... I was <laughs> just riding. the the jammy dodgers that's it the sugar rush the jammy dodgers Um, but no it really does help and I feel like a unicorn wedding can be did you leave feeling like you love your job or it could be is this the best film you can make and I think there are two different things for me the best film I could make I I had very close to a unicorn wedding last year at at Southend (laughs) Barnes with just a, like a really good bridal party. Like the the bridesmaids were so funny and just like everywhere everywhere you point the camera, someone's doing something funny, saying something funny. The couple were really good looking and like really natural around each other and everything I like just, and they were just up for everything and it seemed really great. And I think that was pretty much as close as it can get. And it, it didn't have as much of like the, um, sort of what people would call gimmicky things so it, it was just about like the vibe that I don't everybody think it needs it sometimes it. yeah like, i
1: think and like you i mean you said there as well is is that is that spark i think between the couple as well like if they've got like that that chemistry and just desire to kind of have fun and wherever yeah. where you turn that energy is good you know it you know it, it doesn't you don't you don't need a gimmick of a smoke bomb or or something if yeah. you've got a group of people that want to have fun. They had smoke,
0: but they they were steaming by the time we did the yeah. smoke and it kinda of made it better because it wasn't I feel like with smoke grenades uh, a lot of people want them but I don't think a lot of people suit them. Yeah. So sometimes you'll do smoke and it will just be like they're at the hand in the air like fake smile yeah. and like that. Sometimes you'll do it and people will be like really spurring people on, you know. That it's that
1: cautiousness I think around it sometimes isn't it? when they yeah, spark people them and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, it's I think it's, it's, and again, when you place that stuff and do it at the right time or the right group of people, sometimes yeah. they say or you get people that want to use their wedding as a segue to to be, say, be something that's maybe a bit of a strong thing but like I think the more the longer that I've done this job the more that I've realised the more that I am myself or unapologetically myself on a wedding day, the more people go, oh, do you know what? I feel like I'm really connected with you because I can really see that you're just genuinely having a nice time or or I book people and they go, do you know what? I can genuinely see that we are similar people and that's maybe why they're drawn to me as much as my work and I think if you get a couple that maybe are more shy and retiring they're like, yeah, we're going to get buy leather jackets and do smoke bombs and it's like, almost because they're trying to use that photo to make themselves look like a cooler version of them
0: Yeah.
1: or they're really trying to push an aesthetic or a style on their wedding which maybe is not that true to yeah. how they actually are in real life that's when it doesn't kind of work you yeah, kind of get that almost true. like they're using those things as like a costume or as like a play piece in something it's not a reflection yeah, of yeah they're trying them. to sort of
0: fabricate something that's yes. a little bit different yeah. you, you, as a videographer and photographer you sort of know already just by the judging the vibe of them what they're actually going to be like, like together yeah. and things like that um, like we sometimes because because we lean into like the fun upbeat stuff we'll get couples and who, you know, you can tell just haven't got that vibe to them. I don't, it's not like the boring, I wouldn't say that, but sometimes we get a couple who are like, are we going to do fun stuff now? And it's like, yeah, yeah, we can try, but But you have to bring the fun. I'm not there to make you have fun. That's not my job sort of thing.
1: Embrace it if that's not how you are. Like I did um, a wedding a good few years ago now for a couple who ran a board game club. Yeah uh they'd met he she was english he was lithuanian so when he first moved to england obviously he had very small limited amounts of english so they found that they bonded over pretty much dancing and board games yeah and so he obviously then had lived here for a while and stuff like that so then he brought his family to the wedding who were from lithuania so they spoke very little english so rather than again try and do something really fun they just put board games on everybody's tables from their house which are their favorite games but ones that weren't language based Okay, yeah. So in the evening, you had, like, his dad, who spoke absolutely zero English, with, like, this, like, crane thing, like, stuck to his head, <sighs> trying to build a house with the bridesmaid with another right? crane. And like, it made great photos. Yeah. And if you're a couple that are into, like, you know, like, heavy house and raving, the board game on the tables after dinner would have been the most boring thing in the world to them. But because this couple loved their board games and it fit in the dynamic of their day, something which on the face of it seems quite mundane, actually was brilliant. Yeah. And it's almost like just just really just dive into who you are as a person and what's important to you and because you rock it in your own kind of cool way because that's what you genuinely love. Yeah. Like if you're passionate about something, that passion is infectious far more than trying to be something that you're not for the sake of a photo.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think like w- what we've spoken about today, I think just sort of concludes that the, the vibe is probably the most important yeah, thing for a uniform wedding yeah. you can think oh this wedding's at this best venue this wedding's at, at this place or there's going to be an amazing sunset most of that doesn't matter if the vibe's not there so i yeah. think a vibe is like the key structure definitely like how you know how happy and excited are the couple what are the guests like that kind of thing
1: and i think as well like if someone if you'd have asked me originally what i would deem a unicorn wedding yeah like i would take a unicorn wedding as, what's your absolute dream wedding if you could photograph anybody's wedding in the world yeah anywhere in the world like what is your like absolute like unicorn dream wedding yeah that's oh, okay. what, that's, oh, kind, that's that's kind of the slant yeah. that i would take on it um and i think a lot of the things that people go oh do you want to do that And I go, that'd be so cool i often wonder if they actually would be yeah like uh, i'm a big disney fan you there are over 400 places you can get married in walt disney world in florida yeah. So to photograph a wedding somewhere, like someone to fly me out to photograph a wedding in Disney World, I can wear, would be cool as hell to me. But in actuality, trying to fit around that amount of guests and do portraits in the park and things like that, or trying to fit in the timeline, I know would be a nightmare. But the aesthetic of what you could create, if it was like an absolute dream, would be amazing. And I often think the same about celebrity weddings. Like A lot of people kind of strive to go, oh, I'd love to be doing lots of celebrity weddings. And for all the reasons that we've just spoke about, I'm not sure that unless they were a couple that I knew that then happened to get famous yeah. or were people that I genuinely knew, it would live up to what I thought it could be. Yeah. Because- You might not be able to vibe with them. Perhaps exactly they've got a planner that. and you haven't spoken yeah. to them. You've
0: spoken to the planner only and then it kind of takes that, like you- I know your brand is like personable, right? And if you're talking to a planner, you're not getting that.
1: You're not meeting the couple or, or if they're, you know, like a a premiership footballer or whatever, I'm nothing about football. So that we might not have a connection. So that would be amazing. You've just shot an England football players wedding. So you say that, that, that connection between us wouldn't be there or we wouldn't have a lot in common. Yeah. So it maybe wouldn't work. But at the same time, then if you went and got on, I'm going to go and photograph like a rock star's wedding. I might love that person in their music, but it might be that that the rest of their guests or we don't vibe in the same way or you're not able to vibe with them. Because like you say, it's very much like you're hired help. You turn up, you get the shot, you don't talk to anybody. (laughs) And then, but I wouldn't want that wedding. But on the face of it, it's like, yeah, I'd love to go and photograph my favorite kind of like musician's wedding. Yeah, very true. But it wouldn't, like in some ways, it's almost like you don't dream too far because you I'd worry it wouldn't live up to
0: your expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the
1: idea in my head of like you say, of, you know, had photographing, you know, a couple shoot at sunset in front of the castle in, in, in Disney World in Florida. You think, Oh, what couldn't I create? Uh, Yeah. But at the same time, when you
0: got there, the reality is probably, the reality is very different of of
1: what that might, that thing that you can create in your mind is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like for our wedding, we had the vision, uh, like inadvertently, probably we had the vision of what we wanted um, the like our ideal wedding to look like that we would film. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we didn't have. Like I, I do like smoke grenades. So I'm not gonna lie. I know a lot of people don't like them. I like stuff like that, The champagne um, spray and that kind of thing. Like, there's a lot of that stuff that we didn't have. But like what we did have is unlimited prosecco for the guests. Yes. <laughs> so that that brought the vibe immediately. We did have a bouncy castle. We had an owl delivering the rings and like a meeting in group and out. We had some entertainment for the guests like and that magician and I feel like that that entertainment brings like the vibe to people because otherwise you're sitting people outside just letting them have a chat and sometimes that comes just be like while you have your group photos everyone just chatting and it just gets a bit flat at that point so I feel like entertainment for the guests is also a must for my unicorn wedding I'd say
1: and I think also as well it's knowing your guest list and yeah. acting accordingly yeah yeah sometimes if you know that your family are important to you and you've got a big family and they're going to be at the daytime part of the wedding if you try and put super fun things in that you would do with your mates and expect Granny to yeah. follow suit, it's not going to go. Yeah. So it's almost kind of going, okay, well I'll do that bit with those people because that's what I do that with. But at the same time, I need that element of that. Yeah. And sometimes people have all these ideas of oh, I'm going to plan this huge rock and roll wedding, and then when you turn up in actuality, it's like they've only got like six friends there. Which yeah. Are the bridal party, because everyone else is Auntie Jean and we've seen that and, before, and before and where got entertainment and stuff. And they look at them and go, "What the hell is this going on?" <laughs> yeah. Or you go to yeah. another wedding, and it's they've got like literally pa- parents a and a brother
0: oh, yeah. and, that, and everybody okay.
1: else is friends yeah and the vibe is different again and it's almost like having something which is authentically you but at the same time you've got to have the right company there for that so, to
0: work yes 100 percent. i think with with our guests like my friends are not exactly like really out there extroverted crazy people so like, that i think that's why the unimaged pisecco was big for us because i was like if everyone's like just relaxed and having a good time because it's sort of it's like, just, you're just drinking, basically. You're going to make the most of the bouncy castle, which most people did, to be fair. And you're going to be like enjoying yourself a bit more and a bit open and stuff. And that's like, we didn't have many guests there. So we wanted the guests that were there to just feel as like motivated as possible, basically, for our wedding. Um, but one of the things that I, um, that I... I don't know if I've spoken to you about this before, um, but is I'm concerned that as I go up in price that maybe I would have to start calling myself luxury or maybe a lot of a lot of people i see basically who start up have started up after me have then gone on to start creating luxury wedding films right and when i see that i sort of think so what to charge more do you have to be do you have to call yourself luxury and if you start calling yourself luxury are you going to stop getting the weddings that are fun and exciting and and are they going to be more sort of romantic
1: and um you know I don't know what you you mean. I don't know what you mean. It's it's very hard to go that is is the or is luxury the only option at a high price point? That's yeah, that's that's basically the question. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Um, From conversations that I've had with people that maybe are starting to charge those amounts, um, or even on my journey as I started to push up the price, like I'm definitely, you know, even some of the couples that the weddings I'm shooting this year
0: have
1: paid probably over a thousand pound less than the charge the prices that I'm charging. Right, And some of the weddings I'm booking now are almost double yeah. the current weddings that I'm currently shooting. I'm not finding that I'm particularly booking different people. Okay. Like I said, a lot of their values are the same.
0: Yeah. Something you said to me at a wedding once, because uh, Kate is, has the same worry as well. She's like, I want to charge more. I want us to charge more. But I'm afraid we're going to get couples who perhaps, yeah, are, are like a little bit more to sort of... You know, quiet, romantic, but like really sort of, they're spending a lot of money. Yeah. But instead of spending it on good, fun things, they're spending it on the flowers or something yeah. like that and and the venue and things like that. And like that becomes like, oh, am I going to get. But you said to, to us, there is
1: your target audience, but at every price point. I, I, I do believe that. Yeah. You need to find the people that you're booking now, but the rich versions of them. Rich versions of them. And, that is, yeah. and that, is, that is the same. And if you, like, for example, take. I don't know. A musician. we it use a musician example. If you're in a touring band, maybe you're at a point where you're pulling home, I don't know, maybe half a million pound a year because you're a touring musician. Yeah. You could be a top barrister and be pulling home the same amount of money as that guy. Yeah, true. But I imagine that their wedding days, and I'm generalising here, maybe yeah, be- stereotypically it would be very different. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that the barrister's going to have the, the black tie you know, like London City wedding where they're going to spend the money on on big heavy bottles of, you know, musicians, florals, expensive champagne where the rock star wedding might be, oh, we're going to get married on a beach somewhere and we're going to, you know, have an open bar and we're going to get someone equally as cool to play our wedding. Yeah. And they're two very different weddings and require two very different photographers and not everybody. And again, I'm generalising here, that luxury where you're thinking now that everything's black tie and everything's kind of pastel-y colours and everything's kind of say like blurry and wistful and opulent and that's black and white that yeah and there'd be people out there that've got some serious spending some serious budget for their wedding where they still don't want that
0: yeah yeah, I think
1: all in all you've still got to stay in your lane and people will be respectful of what you charge because they can see the value in it yeah. and you'll still find those people is you know there's, there's people out there maybe that run design agencies or are in more creative jobs or like I said I've used True. the musician as an example who are running successful businesses or are in high paid jobs and are willing to spend that money yeah. on their wedding and they're not going to turn around and book the 1500 quid guy because they don't see the value in what he's doing although that they're the more alternative option. I think if there's, if everyone's pushing one way, my urge is always to go the other anyway. I think because you don't want to just be the same as everybody else. Exactly. But at the same time, I don't, I want to get paid well for what I do and push up the ladder as it were. Yeah. But if that comes at a sacrifice for my values.
0: Yeah. That's similar to us that we see, we've seen a trend of like a lot slower, like violin, piano sort of wedding films. And we're we're trying to like be a bit uh, like, the sort of colors are desaturated and that kind of thing. You know, we get those really dark oranges and, yeah. and things like that. We're trying to go for like vibrant and bright and things. But don't you think that's a trend? It is a trend, yeah. It's a trend. It is a trend, yeah. And I feel like that when we speak to couples, we say, we say, to, on a consultation call, we say to a couple, why have you gotten in contact with us in particular? and 99% of the time they'll say, because we looked at so many wedding films and they all look the same and they're quite dark and dramatic and yeah, it looks like a film, but it doesn't look like it's a fun wedding. It doesn't It looks like a funeral. Yeah. And we're like, well, that is, that's what we're trying to go the opposite of, basically. So you've contacted us for the right reason.
1: And I think you've answered your own question in that in aspect that is that essentially then, if what you're saying is you want to make those films, but you're making a really good quality version of that film, you're yeah. giving loads, then you're covering yourself a niche. Yeah, if it's not there on the day, yeah. and so if people are at that price point and are looking for a videographer that doesn't do pastel colors and cinematic romance, yeah. they're they are party people with big wallets, yeah, and you're one of the only options out there for them. If you yeah. assert yourself as an expert in that area and that price point, yeah, it becomes an absolute no-brainer. They wouldn't go to you.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And there's no evidence to suggest that like that you do have to go into the luxury market. It was just a, a theory of mine, yeah. like because obviously as um as videographers we look at people who are more expensive than us and people who are like top of the get the game and stuff and usually those people at least the ones i'm seeing are filming the the more sort of more dramatic wedding films sort of thing so i'm I'm thinking does that mean if i want to charge four grand i've got to you know film those kind of weddings because i don't want to at all
1: i think personally as i say i think it's trend-based and at the moment if you started to look at some of the big hitters in our industry who are shooting those really high-end weddings yeah they're in that style. And I think the people below them are just trying to follow suit yeah, and yeah. see that if in order to be that, you have to be that person's style, yeah. which is where that trend is led from, where over the years, if something in a, in, a, you know, in a few months, something else goes viral or emerges, that a big celebrity's had maybe a really fun out there wedding or something very different again, yeah. or there's, there's enough of a trend forming that someone starts to grow in popularity and they're doing the much more fun out there thing yeah. that always, you're always going to get certain people that True. are going to swerve and then lean their work that way yeah. and there, there is a whole episode in this so I won't ramble on it too much but all the time that you're following someone else you're trying to be the best version of someone else yeah. and you're not being authentically you and if you look sure. at probably the inspiration the, the musicians that you love the fashion designers that you love the, you know, the des- anyone who's in the creative industry is in order to stand out you always want to be Different,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if
1: you listen to a band on the radio and go, "Oh, they're just a rubbish version of that band," yeah, you don't want to listen to it no. before because you're always seeing them as a second best version of who they're trying to be. Yeah, exactly. Wherever you listen to something and go, "Oh my god, this is so different to anything I've ever heard," yeah, some people are going to hate it and switch it off anyway because it's because it's not familiar.
0: But, but some point- people are
1: going to go, "I love this because it's so different." Yeah. if you target everyone, you target no one. That's just, it, and that, yeah. that's exactly it, and I think all you need to do is is no one else can replicate you. So as long as you have the values of what you love and stay in your lane over the time with experience and you know, showing that work that you want to move on with yeah. is that you will progress. And people have, I think, different views of what the luxury market is. True. Maybe if you're yeah. not in it, and I'm not saying that I am, I'm a long way off the luxury market people have a a view of what they think it is. Yeah, You know, they think, oh, I'm going to go to these weddings that have got, you know, say like seven figure budgets and they're going to be this and they're going to be that. And you feel that you have to act a certain way or they're they're always going to be the certain type of wedding. Yeah. Is that in a year, you probably go to weddings of very different budgets and very different feels. And that all just just moves up. Yeah, But the the bottom lines on those weddings just grow. And I do believe that 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 is the case. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: It's really interesting to hear.
1: And, you know, I mean, and you're naive if anybody said that they're, they're in this because they love the job. Yeah. But at the same time, you still want to move on. If you were in, a, in an employed job, you'd still get an inflation pay rise every year or you'd get a promotion if you did a good job. So all the time that you're levelling yourself up as a creative, surely you want to level your that, that to be reflected in the prices that you charge. Very true. So talking about like trends,
0: do you like... Um... Obviously, you want to be different to a lot of a lot of people, right? We we scroll for Instagram. I think the problem is we scroll for Instagram a lot, and we see a lot of things, and, and so like, do our couples. Clear, yeah, exactly. And we think, oh, clearly that's uh, in in fashion now. Like I've just started seeing all these black and white, blurry, fa- for motion blur photos. And that's just sort of got, got more and more. Now, every time I open Instagram, there's a black and white blurry photo. And I get that that's the tradition. And oh, sorry, that's the trend that's coming. And you, like you say, people are scoring for like, Oh, that looks good. I'm going to do that for my stuff. And then that becomes um, a trend. Should you jump on trends? Is it something that, so recently I've noticed the champagne, this year's last year was smoke grenades. This yes. year is champagne spray. Yes. Should you jump on that and do that? Or do you carve yourself out your own thing?
1: I think as long as that trend is in line with your values as a photographer... Yeah. ...then do it. Yeah. Personally. Champagne sprays are great for me. Yeah. I... Love natural photographs. Anything that which causes a natural reaction or people having fun yeah. always makes it. It's why I love confetti so much. You can't much. really
0: set them up. You set them up in a line, but then yeah. everything else is... Um, how it
1: goes. And yeah. so which is why champagne sprays work really well for me. They have a visual impact. The people, again, feel like, oh, this is really... They don't yeah. stand in their back garden on a Saturday spraying champagne down <laughs> each other. So I know I've just said it counteracts what I said earlier about people not kind of it being authentic and stuff. But if you are kind of that more kind of fun flair, it's it's kind of a a way to feel more fancy on your day, but it's still being kind of, you're not a boring person trying to do something really fun. But if there was a trend came out, like at one point, you know, doing those long dip kisses with like the leg out and stuff, that that pose was really in at one point in long grass, having that, or like, or the veil toss became, it was a real thing like a few years ago, having uh, a stupidly long veil with that kind of floating in the wind. Because for me, it was always such an overly posed photo. The couples that I was shooting maybe didn't necessarily want the time it took to do that. So yeah. I didn't go, I must get that for the portfolio otherwise I'm not keeping up.
0: Or getting a bridesmaid to, to hold it and run. or something, Yeah, doing and that, I, I've yeah. never been
1: too interested it's in whole that. whole process, because, isn't it? Because it didn't care, keep with the, the values of the styles of when we was shooting. But I think naturally, like, like we just said as well, is that your couples are going to be consuming. It used to be Pinterest. It's more Instagram now. They're yeah. going to be seeing that content as well whilst they're looking at, at other stuff for inspiration for their weddings. And if they feel that maybe they don't have some of that stuff in there, they're maybe not keeping up and i've even heard stories of people that got married five or six years ago now you know using these these apps to blur their wedding photos that were taken perfectly in photos (laughs) to to reshare them so that they seem like it it looks more current which seems bonkers to to me and yeah but at the same time you got married say 10 or 11 years ago you might have a bunch of spot color in your in your wedding gallery which at the time was was it was a thing and yeah now it's but almost become a taboo thing in in the industry that you've got spot color but you never know in five years time that might (laughs) come back around again I think there's a difference though between uh, trends on the wedding day
0: and trends in your style and editing yes because trends on the wedding day smoke grenades champagne spray i'm sure there's plenty more but those are the ones we're using because they're probably the most recent ones um don't affect your values and your style generally because some sometimes they'll be chosen by the couple mm. sometimes the couple will just be, be up for it but trends specifically in like editing um, and filming and, and things like that, obviously there's, a, there's a, a trend towards the more handheld side in videography now, which I'm all for, and it, it looks great. But, you know, maybe four or five years ago, there was a strange trend of just like transitions and crazy yeah. editing in films. And don't get me wrong, I, I dabbled in it a couple of times. But if I look back at those now, I'm like, oh, I felt felt bad having delivered that highlights with all those transitions in it, because in twenty years time, that's gonna that's yeah. gonna be really
1: outdated. And I think that's it. It does date you, I think. But then mean, I I don't consign to the fact, and I never have, particularly that a lot of people sell themselves as a timeless yeah. photographer or videographer, where. I think if you do your couple service, they did get married on a very certain date at a very yeah. moment in time. And the, the example that I use all the time is that in my parents' wedding photos, they got married in the early '80s. That my uncle has like long hair, like bordering on like mullet style long hair. <laughs> yeah, he has hardly any hair now because he's he's marginally older. But at the time, that was a very topical cut for haircut yeah. of the time. The fact that if you've got if you got married in the '70s, you might have a groom in like a in like a flared trouser suit because that was the thing. Like. Trends are always going to dictate your wedding. So your wedding's always going to be anchored to a point in time by certain things like that, which are far out of our control. Like I've seen more and more of those pointy sunglasses
0: this year, the almost heart-shaped
1: ones. I think probably, I reckon I did two thirds of the wedding have had them
0: for for, for, for
1: the bridesmaids or for the bride or they've been on the dance floor in them in the evening and they'll become, oh, that's that. I We at, love
0: that stuff now, but yeah. like you say, in that 20 It might not whatever. look great, or,
1: but if I could look back at a wedding that I shot and say some of them are really early stuff, you know, 2014, 2015, yeah. when everybody had a flip phone and an iPhone didn't exist. Yeah. And you see people still doing the same photo you do now with people taking a photo of their, their friend or whatever and you yeah. get a shot of them doing it. They're there holding their yeah, their, their Motorola Razor or whatever it was <laughs> yeah. and so it anchors it to that moment in time and if you're yeah. a kid looking at your parents' phone going oh look at that phone you what got! That? Yeah. that's ancient <laughs> oh, that's an iPhone 1 kid you know like and now we're on the 20 something because <laughs> yeah. it's it anchors your wedding to that point in time you know and the the, the fact that you we talked about this in in our other episodes where you know you used to deliver weddings on DVD because that's what there was at the time or you could only film in 1080p because that's all that there was and you know when the time that you look at that in 20 years time and you can film on like 24k or whatever and you can like see things in or you're filming in VR who knows you know you could put a headset on and be part of someone's wedding that you filmed again because you're in it and you know the the options of where it could go are endless
0: so you're that's definitely uh, a you seen that Apple headset thing? Yes, that came that out was, this week. Yeah, and, and so that and we're a step nearer to a that, aren't we? wedding with walking around with that on, just
1: pointing their head, just yeah. looking at stuff, which is me. insane. That that <laughs> that's, that, that yeah you know, that could become a thing, or people will be able to attend people's weddings in virtual reality. Yeah, if you had that kit set up there. Yeah but it always anchors that wedding to that point in time because you, you, you turn yeah. up and you have a set amount of hours to make whatever happens on that day live forever effectively, whether yeah. it's in the film that you make or the photos that you take. There are always certain signifiers, whether it's the bride coming out of the house and the cars on the street dictate that or whether it's, let say, the tech which is in their hands or you know the, the style of dress, the style of suit. Yeah. All of those things anchor that to a moment in time and more so than an editing style or...
0: Yeah, exactly. I think our aim, I was speaking with Josh the other day about this, is to be as timeless as possible. Yeah. So even though sometimes when you're editing, it might feel like, oh, I could do so much more to this. I could add this effect or I could change this or I could make it look like this is happening. Like oftentimes in wedding video, it's not really needed as Mm -hmm. long as you represent the day well. You don't need the bells and whistles because bells and whistles are probably, specifically for video, are the most... Um, sort of, are the least timeless things. Like they, they, they go out of date. Basically, I think anything which is
1: like a fad or a gimmick,
0: yeah, like to a degree, will always come and go. Yeah, like the whole. Do you remember the like, the shots with like people running and dinosaur chasing them and yeah. things
1: like that? But whole. don't you think now that we also talking about this on the other day though? Is it now that generative filters come into easier Photoshop? It's so it's so easy than ever, yeah. so, so than ever <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you don't even yeah like and things like that like, start to become. Maybe think that it will start to come back. Yeah, you know, then it like working. Well, I think AI is probably an whole whole episode in itself, which yeah. is one we probably need to have pretty soon. We with do the yeah. way that these the, these developments are happening quickly. But the way that you could you effectively could add celebrities into your wedding photos, or you could add guests that have departed. Yeah. into your wedding photos, like
0: I do you wonder how quite many, seemingly or, How long before couples start asking for like mountains in the background or like?
1: Yeah. Can we do a shoot down the beach? My dog make can't it come allows. to the wedding, but if I supply you enough photos, can we just AI him in? Like, well, can we get that shot of him licking my face at the altar? Because the, the AI might do that, or yeah, or those things. Yeah. So, oh, can you not change this? And yeah, where you could take it is 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 quite scary, really. But at the same time, I don't think it can be ignored. It yeah. is, it's things like AI, I think, or the way that you know in like the induction of Lightroom. I'm sure there were photographers out there that still stuck to their film and then
0: yeah. became
1: outdated because you could afford to shoot prep and thousands more frames on digital and end deliver them. Yeah. Where if you were still going, oh, I turn up at the church and do my two roles and that's what yeah, you get. Yeah, yeah. There's there's things <laughs> which are gonna make monumental waves in our industry, which you need to embrace in order to stay current. Yeah. But at the same time, if you follow a trend, once the trend's gone, if you've gone so hard down that road of yeah. that editing style, particularly say, that that's all that you've got left. When the trend's moved on, you've got you've amp-pivot. got turn with it yeah and i think if you're booking couples in 18 months in advance and they and you've sold them on you know black and white and blurry <laughs> yeah and then 18 months time everything's direct flash and vibrant colors yeah you can't give them to that no. on their wedding day yeah. when they've sold you've sold them on that because your work would look so different it wouldn't look like the same person had turned up
0: it's a hard thing to do isn't it as a creative because i mean we have in our contract that our style does change over time yeah and like what does that really mean but the main thing is, like, any a year later, we might be we may be using different cameras or have a different yeah. grade. Like, I'm using a completely different grade to what I was last year. So, someone who sees the weddings last year might might get their wedding this year and be like, "Oh, that's a different that's a different look." Do you they think still though? Maybe I'm playing devil's
1: advocate here. Do you think your couples notice that? Nah. Like, I would like to say that your grade is an evolution. It still has yeah. a, a similar characteristics, although that light or whatever is different you might go, oh, I'm going to make it a little bit less warmer or a little less contrasty. And again, yeah. we spoke about in our very first episode about getting ready for the season, is that at the beginning of every season, I upgrade my base preset yeah. to kind of tweak some things in it. But if you looked at my work from, say, 2015 and looked at my work from now, there'd be definite difference. Yeah. But if, you showed, if I showed you everything in between... I'd like to think that would be an evolution that over a year it's slowly gradually yeah, definitely. moved and moved yeah. and moved. It's not like we have gone change, from being it? washed out greens and, you know, pastely colors with, yeah, with blur and no texture to like hyper clarity, yeah. HDR, direct flash. Neon. We've always had
0: bright and warm stuff.
1: And yeah. I think that's, that's the key is the, the,
0: the meaning and the style ch- stays the same, Yeah, but the colors might change differently. I've even had it to a point where I've, like created a new LUT in the middle of a project delivered um, a highlights film to a couple and then one, by the time I've delivered it on USB I've changed it to my new LUT because I'm like oh, actually their yeah. film looks better in this one and obviously that like, I doubt the couple would noticed yeah. maybe they did but they didn't say anything
1: but I think if you're talking about, you know, that idea of kind of dipping your toe into little things, that's very different than than like leaping in the air and jumping in with two feet. And it's the the kind of thing is if you've got a kind of core track of values of this is what my business is, it's always going to wander through yeah. trends or be dictated to about what your clients are asking you for. Cause we're in a service based industry. You need to give the people what they want yeah. or staying true to yourself as an artist. But if you then get to a point where you are solely a, a pretty much emulating a popular style, that when it swerves back, I think in order to say, to have longevity in what you do, that's, that's very, very difficult.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, we're heading to, almost an hour now i think wow. which is <laughs>
1: we always knew that if you don't give us a topic the, the, the ramble had <laughs> we'll the potential go to go forever
0: yeah. we could be here and have a couple of hours but um i hope this episode has been um been helpful still it's still nice to we got a lot of good feedback about you know our podcast being a bit more conversational a bit less formal and we wanted to sort of lean into that didn't we and like definitely just talk about things that maybe wouldn't make a full episode but that me and you would normally talk about um it's been sort of very different to the usual sort of bit more educational side of things but i've, I've really enjoyed it at this point
1: point. and again we're getting a lot of feedback that a lot of you are listening on your way to weddings yeah. or maybe craving that chat that you have at dinner and stuff so yeah we can bridge the gap with some of that in your week or if you are driving to a wedding maybe it's given you some things to think about along the way as well or, or so yeah just just generally kind of helpful like i think we should at this point shout out as well that both of us have been listening i've followed since the beginning and i think you've just jumped on to creative commune podcast yeah um with the Lawsons and uh, Liam and B the Crawleys as well, and they, and I I love the kind of the candidness and the honesty of of their of their podcast and the fact that you are literally feel like you're sat around the table having that morning coffee with them. Yes. Um, and so i like to think that we've taken, yeah, the heat from that and the feedback that we've got. Yeah, I really like
0: that it. style and also that honesty yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like the wedding industry is quite like rainbows and butterflies, whereas like, yeah. I, I think I'll have a good moan. We're pretty, come on. Yeah. Let's just have a good moan. about. Especially when that.
1: you're in good company of other suppliers as well. Yeah, so exactly. you, know, you, you know, you're all in, in that same boat together. Yeah. It'd be wrong if you didn't vent that. To, to people. Talking of which as well, I feel like if I don't put it in at the moment, Katie will shoot me, is that I also run the wedding co-active, yeah, um with her, which is like a networking social space um, and tickets for our summer social are on sale now. So if you want to come to that and have a good moment with other people, that's a really, really good place to do it. I wasn't aware of this sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pay dad. <laughs>
0: no, go to, yeah, go to this thing. Um, I've, I've Chris, been to this thing. Chris has come in, so Chris, Chris will one. be there anyway. Yeah. He's
1: been a he's been supporter since the very, very beginning. Um, and so yeah, we're running our summer social on uh, the 19th of July um, so it's a three hour event um, it's going to be in that this is primarily much more social based than networking based yeah. so if you want to come to yeah like a 50 or 60 person version of the podcast where you can just have a big <laughs> chat with everybody and vent all of your moans whilst drinking Pimps and eating ice cream then maybe I
0: think most of them are more social though like I found it's just really like before the co-active there was just nothing that like brought suppliers together like even you'd be like oh do you going to go for a drink at some point nah it's the way it, it never materialise yeah. yeah
1: and I think yeah just offering that space has been for myself selfishly it's been really great for me to meet other suppliers and I know that you've forged friendships that you maybe with people that you hadn't met definitely before yeah. the coactive so yeah maybe if if Chris will let me maybe we'll sneak a link for that in, in into the into the show notes oh, as well. Yeah um, and mm-hmm. we'd love to see all of you there and yeah and hopefully you'll listen to the to the pod and that's what, what drives you over there as well.
0: Yeah it's a great social, great time to like split split up the wedding season, the edit in a bit and the I've really enjoyed the coactive. I really like that you, you guys are doing it.
1: And I think something that you said from the, on the very very first meeting is If you talk to like your mum or your friends that aren't in the industry and have a moan about something, they don't get it. They're like, oh, yeah. "Who you still go to work on a Saturday and the rest of the week off and get fed? So what yeah. do you want to moan about?" So it's kind of to have it just be in a room of people that understand or do what you do. It's kind of quite comforting to kind of realize that you're not alone in those worries that you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can compare photos of the food that you got last yeah. weekend, yeah. moan about the couple that came back and wanted something changed, and yeah, yeah, just have a good time. That's a, a good time. So yeah, so that,
1: that's my piece on that. Anyway, that's it. I Feel like I've said there's enough endorsement now.
0: But back to podcast. No, honestly, often. endorse it as much as you want because I've found it really helpful. and 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 great so yeah that when in co-active if you're looking for a social and a bit of networking that's uh that's that's a place to be but yeah i really need a wee um
1: and it's yeah yeah, the the meal deal is definitely calling us now (laughs) we're we're, we're an hour in now so (laughs) yeah i hope you've enjoyed this one and next next time we're back with a more solid topic again something's got a bit more narrative haven't we and we're going to talk yes. about how to survive summer weddings I feel like you can see the sun pouring in now and so we've all done our share of hot weather and long days so we're going to give you a few <laughs> little tips about how we navigate those next time that's funny because last time we were talking about how many rainy days we've all done So sunny. Time. this is a very British podcast <laughs> I think there's an excellent place to leave it so yeah thank you for, yeah. thank you for being with us for the last hour and we'll see you in the next one
0: if you're on the way to a wedding don't knock over any Prosecco <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear!
1: I still can't believe you did that. <laughs> I, I yeah. that. I wish, I Kate was a good video of it though. That's no,
0: I know. Yeah. I've got. I was recording, so you can hear me doing it. And Kate goes, "No, you didn't just do that." <laughs> so i might have to put that somewhere. It's gotta it. be somewhere. Like,
1: there's gotta be some kind of outtakes reel at the end of the year. Yeah. Like, or there's a reel in that for somewhere for sure. Like, I don't
0: want to advertise that to my couple. This <laughs> is like this is some BTS. Me, yeah. me absolutely destroying all your, your drinks. Your, you're you can. drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, I right, read it day. that way. Yeah. So let's go up, turn
1: this off.